Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. It's one of those situations that you just can't see your way out of. And the stress is just crippling. And, it, and, and there's pain and there's hurt and all that thing. And I think God looks at all that and says, that's not the path I would have chosen for him. Or maybe it is. But I know that on the other side of this, they're going to be stronger. Their love's going to be deeper. They're going to know me better. They're going to be more kind. And he uses all those situations in our life, I think, to, to shape us and move us into that place that he would have us to be. But, back to fathers. I, I, I think God just has plans for us, and I think he has plans for fathers. Um, and in, in preparing for this, um, I was a little heartbroken. Um, because I, I ran across some things that I had heard of before, but never really dug into. Um, and, and how many of y'all know that sometimes you can hear things over and over again, but until you experience it yourself, or until you read it or receive it from a certain person or in a certain way, it just doesn't have the same impact. And that's what happened to me in preparing for this. And what I stumbled across is this word fatherlessness. And it's a term that they use to describe people that grow up without fathers. And the impact of not having a father in your home is tremendous. Now, it, it, all this research and everything I looked at didn't say, you know, not having a good father in the home. It just said not having a father. Not having that male presence in the home of, of daddy, uh, of father, of someone to be there. And so I, 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 my heart just breaks for these single moms who are trying to do the best that they can. And I know that, that, that we've probably all heard stories of single moms working two jobs, doing the best they can to support the kids and that kind of stuff. And then I read these statistics, and it is just awful. So not to bring you down, but to make you aware. Fatherlessness has been called the single biggest social problem in the U.S. Of 24.7 million children in the U.S., I'm sorry, 24.7 million children in the U.S. live in a home where their biological father is not present. And that roughly equates to one out of every three children. Girls who live in a fatherless home have a 100% higher risk of suffering from obesity and are four times more likely to become parents by the age of 20. 75% of adolescent parents being treated in substance abuse centers come from a fatherless home. I'm sorry, 75% of adolescent patients, not parents, 75% of adolescent patients being treated in a substance abuse center come from a home without a father. 85% of, of all children who exhibit some type of behavioral disorder come from a fatherless home. 90% of youth in the U.S. who decide to run away or otherwise become homeless for any reason originally come from a fatherless home. 
63% of youth suicides involve a child who is living in a fatherless home. 85% of youth who are currently in prison grew up in a fatherless home. So the impact of a father just being there is tremendous. And the impact of a father not being there is horrifying. And I, and I look at this and I can't, my heart just breaks because I know I've had opportunities in the past to join, you know, the big brothers, I don't even know what the name is, but where you kind of adopt a kid for the day or the weekend or whatever. And I look at this and I go, what is that kid suffering through that I just never realize the absence in his life? And so my heart breaks for, for kids who are living in a home without their father. But the inverse is also true. Where you have a home with a father, you can avoid all those things. So I don't see any real young, maybe a few young children. I have to look at my daughter too. Who hopefully in their near future will be at an age where they're looking for a spouse, looking for a significant other, and maybe some of you in maybe not in your teenage years, maybe in your young adult years, are faced with that as well. But the importance of having a father who is going to be present cannot be understated. And I think there is a demand on us as Christians to find someone who, who we can be a father figure to. And again, I, I don't want to convict or condemn anyone over that, but I think you need to be aware that, that there is a there is a tearing of the fabric of society that's taking place because the father is not there. And obviously there's, there's cultural lines and things that, that in areas it's worse, in areas it's better, but the data is solid. Father absent from a home leads to troubled children. And so we can step in as fathers. We can step in even for a weekend, and we can try to break that cycle. We can add a stitch back into that fabric, and we should look for opportunities to do so. And so my heart breaks for, for the children this morning that are growing up without their father. And then there's one other statistic I want to share here, and this is, hits a little bit closer to home. And this has to do with mothers coming to church and fathers coming to church. And there's an interesting statistic when, when the family doesn't come to church. So when a mother comes to church, her family will join her 17% of the time. But when the father comes, his family will join him 93%. So there needs to be a call and a demand on, on men, young men, older men, 
if somehow you're absent from church, and obviously you're not hearing my voice right now, you'll catch it on the podcast maybe. But man, if, if we go down that slippery slope and we, we slip out of church, we find ourselves busy with other things and we're not present. The simple fact of you just being here, being a leader, in your family makes a huge difference when it comes to bringing up your children in church. So for those of you that are here, I want to give you an assignment. I want to put it on your hearts. I want you to take every opportunity to encourage your children, your brothers, your sisters, aunts, uncles, to come to church, to bring their families to church. And if you know of a family that's struggling, and that they might split and they might end up in a fatherless home. We've got to be there to love our families. We've got to be able to love our community and help pull them together. You know, it said that, that becoming a father only takes a moment, but being a father takes a lifetime. so while I'm, I'm heartbreaking to open this, I, I, I do want to get to my end goal, and that's to examine some of the, can I get it? I'll get it. Even though you're sitting right there by it, I should have just let you. Um, I do want to get into the Word and examine what the Word says about fathers, um, and there, there is no end to the, the father statements in the Word. Um, and so... Um, I started with a strategy, and that made it to point one, and that's where my strategy ended. Um, but that, that rolled into some other things, and I thought, you know, I should start with the father of fathers. I should start with Abraham and, and look at Abraham and try to understand um, how Abraham was the father of fathers. And, uh, and of course, I can't, can't help but to, to think about my own father. You know, my own father, he was a good man. He wasn't a church-going man, uh, but he was very friendly. Uh, humorous. He was well-loved. People enjoyed his company. Um, but, you know, as I was thinking about this and, and, and thinking about the, the impression my father left on me, um, he, he taught me a couple things. One, um, he was always messing with something. Something was always broke, and he was always fixing it, and I was, I was his little partner. Um, and he, he did a lot of stuff with electronics, and so, um, not to get too technical here, but... but um, Sometimes when a wire comes together at a connection, they do what they call soldering. And, and basically you're melting this um, metal uh, that, that essentially forms like a glue, if you will, to hold that connection together. Um, and, I, and I was the little guy that got to hold the solder. And when he needed it, I you know, stuck the little end of it in there where he needed it. Um, and so, so I have great memories of my father. He taught me to always uh, look at things. Always things can be repaired, right? Um, and so that there's no shortage of things that, that need repair. Um, and, uh, and I have a long list of things I've repaired. Some things that I, I had no business taking apart that I took apart. Um, 
<laughs> I reminded of a, a store I came home. I don't remember what I was doing, but I came home like 11 o'clock at night and there was something wrong with the laptop. And in like 20 minutes, I had it disassembled on the bed, you know, and Becky's laying there and she's like, I, I really didn't think you were going to fix it right now, you know? Um, but my dad taught me that, that not to be afraid of those things and, and, uh, and I've kind of adopted the philosophy. Somebody put it together, that means it'll come apart, right? Um, so he, he taught me some of those lessons about, about tinkering and about fixing things. Um, but I also learned a, a lesson from him that, um, about how he loved uh, my mother. Um, my dad grew up in an age where uh, my mom never opened the door for herself. He, w- he would always go around, especially if it was in the car, he would always go around, open the door for her, and let her get in the car and that kind of thing. And, and you know, at the time, I just thought that was, that's, everyone did that, right? Um, and you get a little older, get a little wiser, and you realize that, well, not, not everyone does that. Um, and especially nowadays, I don't, I don't see young people doing that at all. Um, and, and even myself, even seeing that example, and, and um, I'll say when, when Becky and I started dating, I would do that, and I'd probably do it less so now than I did then. Um, but you know, what I, what I can see in that is that was one of the ways my, my father loved my mother. It's one of the ways he honored her by going and, and, and I, you know, not, not letting her have to um, catch the door in the wind or to pull that heavy door closed or get her dress caught in or whatever. He, he allowed her to get in the car and took care of her and closed the door behind her. Um, as we went into a, a, a store, a restaurant, or whatever, he would open the door for. Um, and, and so I have this memory of my father being a gentleman to my mother. And so he served as an example, and through that example, he's teaching me how I should treat women, right? How I should treat my wife. Um, and so I appreciate that of my dad. But he was also one that, that taught me when you get mad, you throw the tools across the garage. But that's a sermon for a different time. Um, I may have also picked up habits like that, but, but that's a, maybe that's a story for another time. But, but whether, whether he realized it or not, whether he was being intentional, and certainly throwing the tools was not intentional, it was just frustration, I get that. Um, but whether he was being intentional about how he treated my mother and doing it as an example for the children, he was modeling a way to behave. He was modeling how to, to be a gentleman and how to uh, love and appreciate um, his wife, my mother. So that's one of the roles of the father. That's the first role I wrote down here. Um, a father is called to lead by example. And so in Genesis 18:19, we look at Abraham, and there's an interesting verse here. Um, where uh, it's not clear what's happening there, and that's part of the reason why I have it here, is because it's, it's almost this aside that God has, like, questioning himself. Y'all ever have that situation where you go, what did I come in here for, right? You get to the refrigerator and you're like, what was I going after? Um, but it's almost one of those moments, because it's not clear in the text who he's talking to. Um, but God says, I've singled him out, talking about Abraham, so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So by Abraham's doing what's right and just, he is providing direction for his sons and their families. And so there's a lesson here that that says that you lead by example. As a father, you should lead by example. And that's what I saw in my dad as he, he treated my wife as he's a gentleman towards, towards his wife, pardon me, um, 
He was leading by example. Ephesians 6.4. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped one. My bad. Let me back up. Proverbs 27. The righteous lead blameless lives. Blessed are their children after them. And so there's a, a bit of a promise here that if, if as fathers, or really parents, um, if we read, lead righteous lives, that there's a promise that our children will be blessed after us. So again, in, in modeling that example, in showing our children what that means, that our children are blessed by seeing that example. Now Ephesians 6.4. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Because again, uh, what are you teaching them if you're provoking them? Right? Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And so this leads to my second point. Not only are you supposed to lead by example, you're also supposed to be one who dis disciplines and instructs. Proverbs 22.6 Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. I wrote down another story here for my father, um, and, and hopefully you guys are okay with father stories. Uh, but my dad died in, in 2010. He had uh, a renal cancer or kidney cancer. Um, and at the time, there was very limited treatments. I don't know what the situation is today. Um, but they gave him six months, and he made it about six months. Um, but, you know, it was, um, it was hard to see him deteriorate. It was hard to see him struggle. Um, but, you know, what? we had the opportunity of, of having time. We had the opportunity to, to go down and enjoy him and to um, talk to him. And it wasn't a tragic loss um, where he was there one day and gone the next. So, uh, so I'm thankful for that. Um, cancer is, is terrible. It's, it's awful. It's a terrible thing. Um, but, you know, I'm thankful that we had the time and the opportunity and could see it coming. Um, but as we're down there, um, of course, he was physically not able to do some of the, the tasks and chores and things. And so I remember we were out on one side of the house that, that stays pretty shady. They live in Florida. And on this side of the house, you get to kind of a green moss that grows up on the brick. And so, um, so I'm out there with a pressure washer and, uh, and spraying down the side of the house, you know, trying to get these chores done because they're important to my dad at this point that they get done. Um, because he knows he can't do it anymore. And he's concerned that, that he's going to leave it, you know, for for his wife, for my mother to take care of, and he doesn't want her to take care of it. So while, while the boys are there, myself and my, my brother, we were going to take care of some things. So, um, so we're, I'm out there working away, and I remember he comes out with a, um, with a metal folding chair. My dad was one that, that in the garage, when he got done with something, he always swept out the garage, and he would get his metal folding chair out, turn the fan on, and sit down. And that, that's where you would find him after, you know, his chore, after his day work. You'd find him in the garage, sitting in front of the fan, um, you know, in the Florida heat, um, cooling off before he went inside. So, uh, so here he comes with his, his metal chair, and he takes it, and he, he sits it there. And, of course, I'm working away. And, of course, if you ever pressure wash anything, you know you just get messy doing it. And, uh, and it's loud, and so he's, he's just watching, you know. And there's a piece of me that's like, oh boy, here we go, you know, I missed a spot, I'm doing it wrong, you know, something. 
And uh, anyways, not too much longer. We kind of get finished or run out of gas or something. Anyways, we take a break. And I'll never forget what he said to me that day as we were sitting out there. Well, he was sitting out there. And, uh, and at some point he says, you know, I guess we did okay with y'all. Talk about my brother and I. He goes, I never had to come get y'all out of jail or anything. So apparently his bar wasn't real high for us. But it was just one of those things that it's just a memory I have of my father, you know. But he he was also one that would discipline us um, and instruct us. Um, and uh, especially when my brother and I were younger, um, we, we were riding in the car. And it's amazing how small you could make yourself when your dad's arm was coming over the back seat, swinging wildly. You know, and, and I'm over in this corner, and my brother's on the other side, you know. And uh, and my, my dad has a story he brags about at some point. Um, he got so frustrated with us, he put my brother and I out on the side of the road. I was pretty young. I don't remember it, but that's what he tells us. And then he got back in the car, and he drove off and left us standing on the side of the road. Uh, I don't think he got very far, but... Um, but anyways, I, I, don't know, I don't know how my brother feels about that, but I don't remember it, so I, I guess it's all right. But, uh, but he, was a, he was a discipline, uh, and, and that was something that, that he did. Um, in, in our house, we didn't get the leather belt. Um, we got the plastic fly swatter. Uh, I don't know, some of you, some of you folks that are, that are a little older might remember those plastic fly swatters. I hadn't seen one in a long time. But, uh, but that's what we got. Um, and and we would climb under our beds and under blankets and we you know you know you're in trouble you know it's coming you know you're just trying to get away but uh but discipline was important discipline's important proverbs 13:24 those who spare the rod of, of discipline hate their children that's pretty strong words from the from the bible right there and those who love their children care enough to discipline them and there's a lesson there, and I think that's a lesson for all of us, fathers or not. Um, we're God's children. When we get out of line, there's, there's discipline. And, and there's another, another text. I don't know if I, if I have this one here. Yeah, it's the next one. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. It says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when he corrects you. I mean, you should be glad. You should be glad when the Father corrects you. Because if you have the right view of your Heavenly Father, you know that He is out for your good. He is not out to get you. If He wanted to get you, you'd already be gone. But if He is truly out for your good and you have that settled in your heart, even in seasons of discipline, you can be glad. Because that's who our Father is. Verse 12, For the Lord corrects those He loves, just as a father corrects a child whom He delights in. And so there's a lesson here in, in discipline. Um, and I would say, especially for, for young families, um, discipline shouldn't come at a time when you are just angry. Because you can fall into just getting revenge. You can fall into just punishing. The aim of discipline ought to be correct, ought, ought to be to correct and put someone on the right path. There should always be a lesson in discipline. Now, do kids need to be grounded? Do they need to understand there's consequences for their actions? Yes, and that's all part of it. 
But if you find yourself in a position where you are disciplining your child and you're just doing it just because you're frustrated and angry in the moment, you probably need to count to 10 and take a breath. Okay? Because that's, in that moment, you are not delighting in your child, you're just whooping them. And that doesn't say that you don't need to be firm. Discipline does need to be firm. And you don't need to compromise in discipline. Again, the, the goal of discipline ought to be co to correct and set them on the right path. Second Samuel 7.14 I will be his father and he will be my son. If he sins, and I think for us it should say when, right? I will correct and discipline him with the rod, like any father would do, but my favor will not be taken from him. So again, discipline ought to be to correct, not to punish. It's not to whoop, it's not to get back at him, it's, it's not something in the heat of the moment. It is, it is instruction, it is a form of instruction and correction. So we have lead, we have discipline, instruct, and number three, I have encourage and comfort. First Thessalonians 11, I think it's 2.11. First, I, I, I meant to write it down, Sophie found it earlier. Um, First Thessalonians 2.11. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. And so this is, uh, I'm not sure who they, they, are, they are. I'd have to go back and look. Paul and somebody. Um, we pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. And so this gives us a little more instruction about how a father is supposed to treat his children. He's supposed to uh, urge them in a, in a way, to live in a way that God would consider worthy. By encouragement, by urging, by directing. And so there's something about a father showing up and being an encouragement. There's something important about fathers showing up. And, and even, even at the baseball game when they strike out, good try. Get up, do it again. Didn't go the way you wanted. Maybe you don't feel successful in whatever th this is, but be encouraged. Do it again. Get back up. And when things go well, celebrate it. And then again, living their lives in a way, urging them to live their lives in a way that God would consider worthy. Uh, again, I look at that and I, I say lead by example. And then finally, Deuteronomy 131. And this one, this one I particularly like because it gets at, at a part of the Bible that I particularly enjoy. I don't know why. I'm drawn to it, but, but the Old Testament is my favorite. I, I could just stay in the Old Testament, and especially about the Exodus and the Israelites. Deuteronomy 131. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness, just as a father cares for his child. And so I, I can't help but think about the, the, the travel that the Israelites took out of Egypt how their father made a way where there didn't seem to be a way. 
how God the Father parted the Red Sea, allowed them to escape, allowed them to come into the wilderness, provided manna, provided the doves, ensured that they had clean clothes to wear and that things didn't wear out. And I see an example here of of a time where, where Israel didn't know the Father. And so that, that God was doing everything he could to show them how he was a good father to them, how he provided a way for them, how he provided means for them, how he cared for them, how he, he led by example, and how he was always present. Cloud by day and fire by night, he was always present. And he gave them instruction. He gave them the Ten Commandments. He, he, he gave them instructions on the temple. He said, if things go poorly, do this. Try to live this way. And so, so the Israelites, as they came out of Egypt and began to know the Father, he was there in every way, leading, guiding, instructing. And so he served as an example of a father to a nation. And he serves as an example of how we should be fathers. But he was also there in a very difficult time. Because as you know, as they came out of Egypt, they grumbled and complained. There was a lot of change and stress in their life. There was a lot of hard times. And even with the instruction and love and care he provided, he still saw his children fall. And he said, you know what? You may fall, but I'm going to be there. My love's not going to waver. And so I look at the love of, of our Heavenly Father and how he treats the Israelites and how that... That, that he's still there for us today. And maybe even more so, he's even drawn a little bit closer today to us. But I think at times we can see our own children go through difficult times. We can see our own children go through divorce and separation, loss of a child, loss of a loved one. And while I haven't had to face that, I know people who have. And as a parent, we can only be there. And we can be that cloud by day and that fire by night that they can count on. And that while they can make some bad decisions, we can be there to help and support them, that we can love them through those things. And that's an example of a, of a good father and the example he leaves us. And so finally, I want to talk to the children this morning. Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents. Because you belong to the Lord. Whether you realize it or not, you belong to the Lord. And the Lord says... Obeying your parents is the right thing to do. 
honor your father and mother. And this is the first commandment with a promise. That if you will honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life. So today on Father's Day, I know there's a tradition about giving gifts to fathers. And sometimes we struggle with what to give them. We had donuts this morning, which I enjoyed tremendously. Um, I have a sweet tooth, I'm not going to lie. And, and my doctor is working on that right now um, because, you know, it doesn't stop at your mouth. It goes to your midsection and gets in your arteries and all those other places. But, oh, those donuts are good. But if you want to give a gift to your father this morning, the Bible has that covered too. Uh, 3 John 1.4 says, I can have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. So if you have a godly father in your life, bless them today. Let them know they've made an impact on your life. Acknowledge that they have been there through maybe some difficult times in your life. And if your father has passed as mine has, you know, what you're left with is the memories. And ultimately in this life, that's, that's what we have. Everything else passes away. But your memories are super important. So I'd ask if you're, if you're a dad here and your children are with you, as mine are, um, you are blessed today. Lead by example. Discipline and instruct when necessary, but always do it in love. Be present. Show up. Encourage them. And be there in those difficult times. Because the impact of a father is great. And where you know that a father is missing whether it's a neighbor, chance encounter, someone you may meet, or maybe someone's lost their father. Just because you're not blood doesn't mean that you can't be a father figure to them. So I would encourage you to, to look for those opportunities. So let's celebrate fathers today. Let's honor them today. Kids, honor your father Honor your father and mother today. So Lord, we thank you today for our fathers. We thank you today, God, that you have given us an example of how to live. Father, an example of how to be a good father to our own children. Lord, we thank you for your word and the wisdom in your word. Lord, that leads us to righteous living. And God, my heart goes out to those that, that are from fatherless homes. God, I ask that you would open doors of opportunity, Father, for good people to speak into their lives, for father figures to fill that void and that hole. And God, for those that are here today that are missing their fathers because they've passed on as my dad has, Lord, I just ask that you would open up 
Father, those memories that are locked up, Lord, and let, let joy come through memory. Lord, that absence that's in our heart, that we, we miss them, how we, we want to share today's moment with them, but they're not available. God, let us just enjoy the memories we have of them. And God, those, those voids that are in our heart, those places that tear on days like today, God, I just ask that you would just let your oil and your healing balm, Father, just fill those places. Let them know that their Heavenly Father is still there. And so, God, today I ask that you would especially bless every father. Father, open their, their eyes and their ears. Father, let them have wisdom, Father, today and in the discipline that may come tomorrow. Father, let them move with greater love tomorrow in whatever that might bring to them whether that's being present at the ball game or a moment of discipline. God, let your love just flow through your fathers to your children. So God, we give you praise and we honor you today. We honor you as our heavenly father that, that is the perfect example for us. And God, we ask that you would look on your children with joy. God, may we live lives that honor you. We thank you and praise you today in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.